I'm Alex Melleris. And I'm Faisefu. Carolina Hurricanes week. And also kind of the Buffalo Sabres, as we mentioned, because the Hurricanes played the Sabres twice. Kind of good timing to pick the Hurricanes this week because they clinched a playoff spot. So they're topical in that way. Uh, also kind of odd timing because they played three games against non-playoff teams and they only won one of them. Very interesting. Started with a 4-2 loss at the hands of the Buffalo Sabres. I'll let you take the lead on this one. Yeah, so uh, it did not... <laughs> they didn't look like the better team, to be completely honest, against the Sabres. Um, they started off They started off very nice. The first period was uh, was basically all Hurricanes. Uh, Craig Anderson playing goalie for the Sabres. Uh, looked pretty good. Looked pretty good for like, uh, you know, like, what is he, a geriatric 41-year-old? Um, but... Uh, Sure, yeah, <laughs> stopped D'Angelo on a on a, on a breakaway. Um, but uh, was it the Sabres? The, the Hurricanes did end up scoring first. Uh, you know the the Sabres couldn't clear the clear the zone, and uh, so Jordan Stahl forced the turnover. And uh, Jesper Fast got a got a nice cross slot pass from Nino Niederreiter to make it one 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 nothing. Um, but then uh, so that was the first period. Second period hits, uh, and uh, we have a we have a bad pinch by Brady Shea who. Uh, who tries to kind of slap the puck toward the, back into the offensive zone. Uh, but uh, I think it was was it Tage Thompson who managed to block it, uh, and they go off on a two-on run with uh, with, with Jeff Skinner, uh, who scores, who's having a great season. Really, the, the two budding stars on the Sabres team, really the two only bright spots, yeah. you might say. Uh, Jeff Skinner, I think he hit 30 Alex goals Tuck. this week. And Alex Tuck, sure. Um, but uh, Jeff Skinner, who hit 30 yeah, he, goals this week, he, scores, he scored one uh, to uh, make a 1-1. One. Yeah, I noticed, uh, I think... Like Jay Fresh at the start of the season was like, "What's your wacky prediction for this season or your bold prediction?" I said Jeff Skinner is going to score thirty goals, and you know what? He nailed it after scoring seven last year and fourteen the year before. He rose all the way back up to thirty. Um, one funny with the Hurricanes though with this game, uh, I well, well we'll finish walking through it and then I'll we'll talk about the intricacies. Uh, I guess I'll kind of I'll just pick up where you left off. Buffalo made it two one. Casey Middlestad scored that one hard uh, wrist shot. Far side, uh, off on his offside, he actually looked like an eighth overall pick on that play. Uh, third period, Jordan Stahl again passes to Nino Niederreiter off the cycle. Bing bang boom, tie game. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, stopped uh, by Seth Jarvis. What should have been a, an easy zone clear. Um, Jarvis, uh, wait, no, sorry, other way around. I messed that up totally. Uh, Jarvis should have cleared the zone easily. Dahlin stopped him. Uh, and Dahlin, like, bats it out of the air, sends it straight to wide open Victor Olsen. 3-2 Sabres. Uh, Brendan Smith with a hooking penalty, and Dylan Cousins made it uh, 4-2 on the power play. No more goals from that point onward. Right. Uh, and so, you know, for a Hurricanes team that, you know, right now the class of the Metro, uh, pretty far out, and they're almost definitely going to win the division, uh, you'd expect well, them to kind of, uh, you know, steamroll. The, well, I know the Rangers might be uh, closing in now. I, I heard that, you know, Wichesterkin's doing a bit better recently. Uh, but even then, uh, they're still in first place. Uh, uh, but but even then, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the the middle stat goal, didn't love it for Freddie. Thought, you know, it was like, uh, he, he left like that part of the net open. Uh, it was like a low blocker kind of shot. Uh, and yeah, just overall, it just felt like the Sabres uh, had too much offense. And, and then the... Uh, the Hurricanes couldn't generate anything when the t- talent disparity is supposed to be uh, on a, just a completely different level between these two teams. Yeah. Um, remember at the start of the season, 
when I was like, oh, I don't believe in the Hurricanes goaltending at all. Um, they they lost Dougie Hamilton for nothing, replaced him with far inferior players. They're going to miss the playoffs. That was my prediction. Mm-hmm. I recall this. Yes. All right. Well, I, I am. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I agree that I was wrong about that. They are making the playoffs. But I do feel kind of uh, vindicated slightly in that they seem like a, a, a shaky, fragile team that's been uh, held together by far better than expected goaltending in a lot of ways, or at least significantly propped up by it. I think no matter uh, which team they end up playing in the first round, which is probably going to be either Toronto, Boston, or Tampa, I think they're going to lose. I really do. Um, here, here's uh, one one odd line of decision I wanted to point out on the part of Rod Brindamore. Brendan Smith played all three games this week on defense for Carolina. Ethan Bear and Ian Cole were swapping in and out. Ethan Bear wasn't playing this game. This lost to Buffalo. Uh, Ian Cole is not playing the next. Um, what good reason is there for either of these players to sit for Brendan Smith? And I know maybe it's like different come playoff time. Uh, you're like resting Ethan Barony and Cole or whatever, but that's uh, that's a, probably a not what's going on. What's probably happening is Brendan Moore sees Brendan Smith as the number five defenseman, and the other two are competing for that number six spot. Yeah, it's certainly uh, a weird coaching decision, but absolutely that was that was the one big takeaway coming out uh, of this week. Uh, not just because of the record of one and two, um, but just overall their play style against teams that they should be beating, uh, frankly, and and beating badly. Especially if you look at you know the other just teams in the East or just, you know, other elite teams in the league and how they manage to handle these kind of games um, and and the style of play and how they tend to dominate. Uh, Carolina looks fragile is exactly right. They can't seem to sustain offense for long per- longer periods of time uh, against bad teams. Uh, and yeah, it just feels like they're not on that level of an elite offensive juggernaut. And they weren't very good in their defensive zone either. There were lots of odd man rushes, um, just, you know, bad defensive lapses where... It's like, you know, like it's just, yeah, the goaltending has been great this year. Freddie Anderson's been, uh, you know, way above expectations given what he's done in Toronto the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I can't, it, it does really feel fragile or just kind of like, a, you know, like a sixth seed in the conference kind of vibe where it's, I, you're right. I can't, it's oddly specific. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like middling. They're, they're a playoff team, but I wouldn't put them in the top four. I wouldn't pick them to go to the, you know, Eastern Conference final even because yeah, you put them against any of the four Atlantic teams. Uh, I yeah, it's an easy choice for me to pick any to pick Carolina lose because like what do they do that's so good, you know? Like they have strong goaltending, sure. Even then, can you trust Freddie Anderson and Anti Ranta? They're not exactly the uh, shining beacons of health over the course of their careers. Uh, and you know, like it's what do you do that's better than other teams that you're going to be playing in the playoffs? I fail to see it. To be totally honest, it is worth noting that the Hurricanes have allowed the fewest goals in the entire league this year, like if you had a Calgary. So they are, Fair. technically speaking, best at that. Um, but I also look at, you know, recent playoff memory. Um, you know, when you talk about, like, chokers, obviously Toronto comes to mind first for good reason. But we've, it feels like we've been talking a while about Carolina being, you know, this up-and-coming team that's about to break out. And it seems every year in the playoff, they hit a team that um that just outmatches them and they go out with a whimper. Um I think it was twenty let's see if I can get my year twenty nineteen. They made it to round two, got swept by the Islanders. Was it oh, was it the Islanders? They got swept by someone. 
I think it was the Islanders. Wait, no. The Islanders didn't make it to the conference final that year. Bruins, maybe? They got swept by someone, I'm almost certain, in round two, 2019. Uh, 2020, they lost in the five to the Bruins in like the conference quarterfinals. Last year, they hit Tampa Bay, I'm pretty sure it was, in round two. And it was like, oh, Carolina, they're great. They're going to give Tampa a run for their money. And they barely did. They lost in five. And obviously, you know, sometimes you will run into a team that's better than you. But for a team that's trying to grow into legitimate contender status, you would hope they'd put up more of a fight against the true contenders. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it feels like they're they're like always the, the dark horse bracket breakers or there's always like a good bunch of people. And I think I've done it before where you're like, you know, this is the year I'm taking Carolina to round three. Uh, and they are like, you know, even the fuck the Stanley Cup finals. I think I did that like a few years ago. Um, and they, <laughs> they never seem to get over the hump. Uh, and you know, I don't know what it is. Like, what, 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 yeah, it feels different than the Leafs because the Leafs just like everybody, they're, they're a laughing stock. Everybody kind of jokes about it, but with the, with the hurricanes, it's just like, you know, it happens and we all kind of shrug our shoulders and it's like, okay, I'll come back next year. They're young. They're, they're up and coming. Um, you know, but. It just it, it that it doesn't feel like that missing piece is clicked where it's like they take that next step to really like you know wagon wagon status uh, even just in the regular season um, where you know they can win a bunch of games but they don't feel as dominant as say you know like a even any of the Atlantic teams or like a, you know obviously not a Colorado level uh, but yeah it's is it is it the forward depth. I can't I, like I feel like you know the forward depth is, is kind of iffy. Like obviously they have you know a great first line. Um, I know they moved Teravine to the second line this week. Um, but you know top six is fine. Second line's all right. Um, but you know it just it doesn't pop to the point where it's like oh this team's loaded. They didn't do much to to really load up at the deadline other than like you know adding Max Domi who was kind of invisible this week too. I don't know. He's just probably not a very good player to be totally honest. Um, and so yeah, there's nothing that really kind of impresses me when I'm watching uh, and this past week has done nothing to improve my point of view on that. Yeah. And past years, one of the things that has really popped out for Carolina is when Aho, Sveshnikov and Tara Vinen are all playing together on that top line. And for some reason, it feels like Brindamore has gotten out of the habit of putting that line together. Uh, And, you know, I get during the regular season, wanted to try new things. Uh, right now, it's uh, rookie Seth Jarvis with Sveshnikov and Aho and Tara Vina with Trocek and Nechash. And, you know, that's a great top six. But if uh, if they're not really, you know, getting that mojo, put together the line that, you know, works. That, that would be that'd be my suggestion. But uh, before we move on to game two this week, one last note on this first game is that uh, the goalies matchup was Anderson versus Anderson. And that was funny. Not just because they both have the same sounding name, but also because they played against each other a lot uh, when they were on Ottawa and Toronto. And so that was something that actually happened quite regularly. And now they're both on different teams, and it's happened again. You love to see it. A very a very po- good good vibes kind of matchup. Uh, yeah, no, right now on my heading, it says Sabres game one, Anderson versus Anderson. Uh, but I, I forgot to mention it. It's uh, A+. Plus. A plus. <laughs> oh, does it actually? It actually does. It's the first thing that I uh, had listed. Anyways... Uh, so yeah, let's let's move to the uh, to the rematch. Wasn't an Anderson versus Anderson this time. It was a uh, Anderson versus Ranta. Uh, and so yeah, it started off. Uh, the Sabers are the one who started off uh, a strong this time. Great. Uh, Jeff Skinner show started early. Nice little no look pass to to Tage Thompson, uh, who rifles it top shelf. Um, and then uh, 
assists to make it one nothing. They score to make it two nothing. Uh, when you know Jeff Skinner again uh, wins a battle in the corner, kind of whacks in front of the net. And uh, who who was it that scored? Was it uh, honestly? I have no. I don't remember. Was it Tuck? It was. I think it was Tuck. Okay. I think it was Tuck. Yeah. So uh, so Tuck makes us two nothing. Uh, you know. Brett Pesci and Brady Shea both got outworked there. Look, made him look silly. Uh, and uh, but but those were their first two shots. I think I think the shots were like ten to two for Carolina at one point. Uh, but the yeah, Sabers were winning two my, nothing. I have thirteen minutes into the first period. Shots were eleven to Carolina. The score was two nothing Buffalo. Uh, not an inspiring start for Antiranta specifically, I guess. Uh, I actually have in my notes like Tage Thompson continues his heart trophy candidacy by sniping <laughs> on Antiranta. Um, that, cause that, that line has really been like, you know, it's been the major bright spot on Buffalo plus Rasmus Dahlin mostly. Um, and, but you know, obviously the team hopes to grow into a contender. You don't want Tage Thompson centering your top line for all of eternity with Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck. Right. Um, but, but it is the Sabres. So, you know, they are, they are condemned to, uh, <laughs> to, to not only that fade, but also uh, Jeff Skinner's contract. Which I, uh, you know, even even scoring thirty goals, he's on a shit team, and he's on a how many years left? Three, two, five. Um, okay, wow. Twenty twenty seven. I I undershot that by <laughs> a lot. Will by the Buffalo double. Sabers even exist five years from now? <laughs> Will the National Hockey League still still be still be a thing? Will the city of Buffalo be underwater yet? Uh, remains <laughs> it's a valid question. Um, so Will yeah. the United States of America, as we know it today, be a distant memory? <laughs> a distant memory in 2027, perhaps. Um, yeah, and then the Pagulas will still be paying Jeff Skinner uh, to, uh, <laughs> to 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 reminisce about the United States of America. Um, uh, of course. And so yeah, so two 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 nothing, and kind of lit a fire under uh, the Hurricanes apparently because uh, Aho scored off the rush. Nice little pass from. Uh, from Sveshnikov after uh, Dalin was, <laughs> had, you know, we, we talked about he had, he made a nice play in the last game. Uh, he had a horrendous yeah, pass at the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mixed up last game and this game. And my, I see like, you know, Dalin failed clear. My brain went to this game where Dalin yeah. had two terrible failed clears up the middle of the ice. Yeah, no, that, that was that was awful. Um, to make it two one, but then uh, Victor Olsson scored right after. Um, to uh, won a little board battle, uh, and he popped out free. All the, all the way open in front of the slot. Um, and then uh, the Sabres had like a bunch of fucking rushes, breakaways. I know Peyton Krebs had a breakaway. Dylan Cousins off the rush. Like fucking Zemgus, Gorgonsons, all the people. And this is where I was like, come on, man. You got to tighten it up uh, for Carolina. Because uh, these are these are uh, Zemgus, Gorgonson caliber players kind of getting open off the rush. That's not acceptable mm-hmm. if you're if you're a playoff caliber team like this. Um, but then uh, after, after that, things kind of calmed down. Uh, and we had another horrendous defensive breakdown by the Sabres. Uh, Cody Eakin in the corner with uh, a completely a Buffalo Sabres caliber clearance attempt. Just just flip, <laughs> a slow-ass flip to the middle of the ice right to Tara Vinen, uh, who scores to make it 3-2. Uh, and uh, Jordan, Scott, Jordan Stahl tied it up at 3-3 after the Sabres just couldn't get out of their own zone. Uh, and it's the uh, Aho Sveshnikov line who who scored to make a 4-3. Nice little four-check. Um, by Svechnikov, that uh, leads to Aho scoring from the slot. Jordan Stahl scores a second goal. He had a nice little game to make it 5-3. And so, uh, yeah, the Hurricanes, despite maybe not playing up to their uh, usual level of play, still managed to, to beat out a Sabres team who made one two, or two too many mental mistakes. 
if they were playing against a, a playoff team or a similar caliber team this game, they probably would have lost. Yes. Because of all those those instances you mentioned. I mean, I, that Gergensen's break, I was like, Gergensen has breakaway. For some <laughs> reason, that's like one of the last players I would have expected to right. have a breakaway, even, yeah. even on the Sabres. Um, I think, is this the game where they clinched a playoff spot, though? Was it like their win yes. or was it someone else's this loss? Is, this is the win that got them the, the playoff spot. <laughs> nice. Well done, Hurricanes. Uh, last game of the week for Carolina, a 2-1 loss to the Islanders. This one was fun. I actually, for how boring it was, I really did enjoy the game. Maybe I'm kind of clouded. <laughs> maybe I'm are. kind of clouded by the, uh, the ending specifically. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like it's more fun to watch the boring Islanders when they're also the boring bad Islanders. Yeah. You're right. Even though they did win this game, just, I guess it maybe the knowledge that they're not going to make the playoffs is like, oh. I'm less stressed about you and whether you're going to spoil the playoffs again. Uh, this was a like a relatively low event game. Late in the first period, though, there was a very fun scoring chance. Martin HS uh, had a, a one-timer, was looking at like 90% of the wide open net <laughs> and and just hits Ilya Sorokin straight in the pad that had barely started to move across. I, 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 I think the, the broadcaster barely knew what... They were like, uh, HS... So Roken got a piece of it or something like that because there was so much open net there. It was like, what did he totally miss the net? Like, how did that, how did that not go in? What even happened? It wasn't even like, uh, like, you know, the edge of the pad, you got the toe of this game. Now you like <laughs> hit him flush in the middle of the pad to the point where there was like a nice juicy rebound afterwards. Uh, it's like, come on. You honestly, you could have one tapped it. You didn't need a one time it. You could have like, you know, like taken a miss. You could have taken a second. second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I uh, ended up costing them the whole two points. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just feel like the, the, the Hurricanes throughout the game, um, it was low event hockey. They just really couldn't test the Roken. That was really the, the one time, and you didn't even really have to do it, I think, because Nakus, Nakus, uh, just shot it at him. But otherwise, it was just like long range shots, um, that, that seemed pretty easy for him to handle. Uh, you know, honestly, it felt like the Islanders had the better chances. Freddie Anderson looked good. Um, and, uh, but yeah, just, uh, what was it to, to to make it one nothing? It was it was Pajot who scored, uh, where uh, the Islanders were four checking hard as they do, uh, and the Canes just couldn't clear the zone, and uh, Pajot just got open wide open in the slot. Uh, and yeah, did you notice um? Did you notice which two defensemen were on the ice for that play? No, I I have no idea. It was uh, Ethan Bear and Tony D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, both right shots. Yeah. Uh, and it's like they don't typically play together, mainly not only for that reason, although that is one reason, but also because they both kind of have similar styles and that neither is a defensive stalwart right. at all. Yeah. So like Paul Mieri stole the puck from Ethan Bear very easily and Matt Martin centered to Pajot just totally unchecked by D'Angelo. So they both kind of failed in similar fashions on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I noticed how uh, D'Angelo was like two steps behind. Uh, just like, bro, what are you doing? Um, so yeah, that was that, and really nothing else kind of happened uh, until the, the the final minute of play, uh, where uh, the Hurricanes have the goalie pulled, uh, a little little scramble in front, then it trickles out to to Vincent Trocek, and uh, he just kind of smacks it into a pretty wide open net, makes it one one. Looks like they've secured at least a point, um, but alas, it was not to be. It does look like that, doesn't it? Um, because uh. The Islanders come storming back 40 seconds later, and Paul Mary scores on an on an empty net, or not an empty net, but uh, the opposite of an empty net, a full net, uh, with 14.1 <laughs> seconds left. Uh, he scores a, a little wraparound goal, 
uh, where he was just left way too much space, and uh, you know, just they they didn't have the man marked, and he just kind of like sniped it over Freddy's shoulder. And uh, I love stuff. I love when this type of thing happens. Tie the game late and then lose it in regulation still. Um, but okay, maybe it's like one odd minor like cultural difference between Canada and the United States. If this happened to any of the Canadian teams, I I really think so. Like you tie the game late, and then get scored on before the end of regulation. What you would witness in any of the Canadian arenas is a drastic, immediate decrease in noise level from very loud cheering to near silence. In Carolina, the Islanders score, and I still hear this cheering going on. And it's like, what are you yelling about? I'm listening like, oh, are they booing? Like, that would make sense. But I just hear this muffled, like, I don't know. They're just yelling nothingness. I'm like, what's going on? Like, your team just got scored on and you're about to lose the game. And what are you yelling about? It's so, so confusing. <laughs> you know, maybe they're just that much angrier, you know? Um, whereas <laughs> Canadians are able to quietly contain their emotions, swallow, swallow the pain. It didn't sound like angry noises. It sounded like muffled, confused, yay, sports kind of sound. <laughs> they just want goals. Half, half of these people don't understand the game of hockey. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Ah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, interesting, interesting observation. I had I had not noticed um, that the crowd the crowd noise did not uh, did not plummet because yeah, I've seen, we've seen that phenomenon. Uh, they're like announcing the who scored the goal on, over the intercom, and everybody's going crazy, and then the other team scores. That's always a a fantastic phenomenon, not just at the end of games, um, yeah. but like you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just dead. When you, you get scored on and the volume gets sucked out of the arena, that's such a fun moment. <laughs> unless it's you know you're the one that are cheering, and this game, it just like the goal went in, and that volume getting sucked out just it didn't happen. Maybe you know what? Maybe it's a mental toughness thing. You know, you can't you can't take the crowd that you can't, you can't uh, bring don't the, show the weakness. <laughs> you can't take the crowd out of it. They're they're just cheering hard, even if they're losing seven nothing. They don't give a damn. They're just, they're just gonna, uh, it's like that, that meme hurt. that's like you know I'm not mad, I'm not mad, or the drills like I'm not owned, I'm not owned as I slowly shrivel up into a grape or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like the goal doesn't count if we're not mad about it. Exactly. Or they're cheering up the Hurricanes players. You know, maybe they're just nice people. Um, and they don't want nice they, try. They, they <laughs> want to make sure Seth Jarvis doesn't get too sad about completely <laughs> blowing it uh, with <laughs> under 15 seconds left. Um, so, yeah, that's that. 2 uh, 1. They didn't even get the overtime. And yeah, even Aho, Aho, they almost died it afterwards, too. Aho had a nice little chance uh, with like two seconds left. Um, but. But yeah, you lose to the Islanders, and you didn't really threaten them much. It wasn't like they were they tilted the ice, so that's how you end up with a with a one and two week, um, in a in a week where you played the Sabers twice. That's uh, that's some yikes move right here. Yeah, yikes week for Carolina. Uh, cause to pick up your step as we approach the playoffs. I'd say before I move on from Carolina, though, one more question for you based on something you said like two minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, number 88 on Carolina, whose first name is Martin, who missed that open net. How do you pronounce his last name? Oh, God. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, I said I said Naycast, didn't I? It's Naychast. Nay. I don't fucking remember which one is it. See, I, guess, I asked the question like I know. I don't totally know either. Okay. <laughs> I just knew what you said was wrong. 
Uh-huh. I actually, like, when he was, like, in the, like, playing the World Junior, so, like, this was several years ago, I I heard so many different pronunciations. Some, it was, some of them pronounced the E like E. Some of them pronounced it like A. Some of them pronounced it like A. Some people pronounced the C like ch, like C-H. Yeah. Some of them pronounced it uh, like a like a soft C, like an S. Uh, nay, I think nay chat nay. Sh- what did people do? And then the S at the end. Some people said it like an S, and some people said it like a CH. So all in all, there were that like you could make twelve different permutations, and now all of a sudden you're throwing a hard C into the mix, and we're up to twenty four. Is that how the math works? I think so. No, no idea. it is definitely not. No clue. Uh, uh, but anyway, <laughs> there are lots of possibilities. And I'm not sure what the consensus is. My, my... But we could make a fun little tree diagram here if we wanted to. <laughs> we could. Or I could just I could have just Googled it 30 seconds ago. Uh, and uh, apparently it's Natchez. 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 Martin. Uh, not even like Natchez? No. Not Natchez. Not Natchez. Natchez. Oh, I loved knee cash. I remember that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, according according to the man himself, according to Martin Nietzsche himself, Natchez. Natchez. My life. I don't Natchez. fucking know anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the permutations are coming out of my mouth. Uh, but uh, according to Martin Natchez, it's Martin Natchez. So you, you heard it here According first. to Martin Nuchase, it's Martin <laughs> Nietzsche. It's official. It's official. Um, so that's that's good to know. So we we've hammered out the trivia today of, of the of the week. It's Martin. All right. Make case cuss. Go ahead. All right. Next next big news of the week. Brian Getzlaff is going to retire at the end of the year. Um, good great player. Obviously, face of the Ducks for a long time. Won a Stanley Cup, gold medals at the Olympics. I you think he's yeah he's triple gold club for sure. Um, and he's still relatively good and could probably play for at least a couple more years if he wanted to. He's calling it quits, passing the, the torch to Trevor Zegris, I guess. Um, and obviously the big question when a player of this caliber retires is Hall of Fame, question mark? I guess the correct, the, the question is uh, directed to uh, us now. As we must discuss whether directed at you. Oh, yeah. it's at me. Okay, I gotta, I gotta head this segment on the, the the Hall of Fame. I'm the Hall of Fame gatekeeper for the day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know what? I don't even remember where I stand on the Hall of Fame anymore. It feels like <laughs> with every passing day, I change my opinion on whether I want a massive fucking hall and like we should celebrate every because that's great vibes. You know, that's very tantalizing. Or, um. But, you know, it's like everybody's like, you know, like talking about, oh, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. So it gets to me. But you know what? Um, I'm standing my ground. Big Hall is fun, you know, uh, and uh, why not? So if I if we're putting, you know, Ryan Getzlaff, who had a terrifically nice long career um, and who won many things, such as the Stanley Cup, two gold medals, the World Juniors. So he's got everything. He's got everything you could possibly want to win. Uh, and he was fine um and and very good for most of it why not throw him in he's a franchise icon and uh lots of name brand recognition or or what's household household recognition is that what they call it i don't know but uh yes household name yeah there we go that's the one he's a household name 
in many an Anaheim household. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I think about it, his, you know, what I, it's, it's kind of tough though. I don't know. He's kind of like, he was, he was good. He was very good for a long time, but like, you know, hall of fame level, eh, it's kind of mid, uh, but, uh, Hey, if I got to stand by the, the, the big hall thing, I guess I got to throw him in and, uh, got to stick my flag there. I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I, I thought you were going to say, no, he's not quite good enough. I'll stand and, you know, I'm, a, I'm a big hall proponent too, as you know, um, but this one's really testing me. I have to say, yeah, I yeah. just don't. I, I know what you I just mean. straight up don't know if he's good enough. Yeah. We have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, um, I, do. <laughs> I I think of Ryan Geslaff. I think of a very good first line center. Yes, and I don't think very good first line center is Hall of Fame level. No, like there are a lot of very good first line centers. Um, and obviously one a major point he has in his favor, uh, is that he's been you know, like basically the face of the Ducks for a long time. And we were talking about Pecorine. I was like, put Pecorine in the hall. First National Predators number to be retired. That's that's crazy. That's got to go in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and so I kind of see, you know, the same type of argument could be made for Getzlaff. I'm really on the fence. Uh, and the fact that I'm on the fence leads me to believe he won't get in because, as we know, I'm big hall. Uh, I know he's like, you know, a playmaker. He never. He didn't even get get to three hundred goals. And like for for like someone who's like top line center, didn't even get to three hundred goals. Really, and he has like three this year and five last year, and nobody's like barely scoring anymore. But like, he broke thirty goals one time in his career, and I just feel like if you're putting a forward in the Hall of Fame, like goals should should matter like a fair amount. And he would just uh, he was just never that good at that. Yeah, no, I, I I get it. Um, I am not like even in my arguments, it's like because I am a big Hall proponent, we should put Ryan Getzlaff in, and uh, but what else is there to kind of support his argument other than the 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 quadruple goal club, which like you know he was part of a team, was it that much of an indivi- uh, individual accomplishment? I mean, making it to the Olympics is fine. Um, but but yeah, but he is he does have that household name recognition. He is a household name. Um. So, you know, I'm looking I'm trying to look at like current first line centers and like who's in an analogy, yeah. right? Uh who's analogous to Ryan Getzlaff who's currently in the league and is like pretty like and is currently good. Um like do we say It's tough. Yeah, it, it He's is definitely hard. not as good as Bergeron. Right. He's not no. Bergeron level. For sure. Like do we say Tavares? But he doesn't have like the franchise. Like Tavares doesn't have the like man of the franchise for many many years like Geslap was with the Ducks he could have if he stuck with the Islanders he could have but instead he decided to <laughs> abandon them um <laughs> he's better than yeah Chuck I think Trier. I think Tavares I think Tavares the way he's trending is probably gonna end up with a better case than Getzlaff but like mm-hmm. it's a comparable for sure right um but I think a lot of people like that you know the the one team guy who sticks with his career the whole time um I think that definitely gets him points whereas you know Tavares uh he is a he's a pajama chaser um, as as Islanders fans <laughs> would have, that's you know. a new one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's certainly a tricky one in terms of figuring out where I stand with this. But I don't think it's a tricky one for the voters. I don't see him getting in. I think you're absolutely right. Um, because yeah, it's just the, pe- most people are smaller hall, and he just doesn't have the statistical you know accomplishments to get there. I'll bait the. I, I shall say it again. Household naminess. I just thought of a new angle. And 
this might change my mind. I think he might get in actually. Oh, some, because here's, here's here's what I'm thinking. Here's yes. what I'm thinking. Do you know who won the Hart Trophy in the 2010-11 season? No, I don't. I have zero clue. Who was it? Corey Perry. Ah, his teammate. Corey Perry won the Hart Trophy. Corey Perry's, you know, same age as Getzlaff. Uh-huh. Going to retire eventually. I think that Hart Trophy, that 50-goal season, that Stanley Cup, maybe he even gets another one with the Lightning this year. And pretty sure he's triple gold club too, or at least he, you know, won the, an Olympic gold. I think Corey Perry's got a very good case again to the hall. And I think Gesslaff and Perry being a package deal okay. for so long, you, people are kind of thinking, ah, we're really going to put in one without the other and get <laughs> out of here and get in there too, Ryan Gesslaff. No. <laughs> I, I don't think uh, the, the, the Hall of Fame voters have, have such an affinity for, you know. Of course know, they do. Duo, duo. For vibes. For, for duo vibes. Um, no, but like I'm not. I'm not saying it's like oh, like one of you is like riding on the coattails of the other. No. For a lot of that stretch, it was like, you know, Getzlaff is the more important player. Most would have said for most of their time, uh, and so I think it's kind of strange optics when you're you're putting Perry in and leaving Getzlaff out for that reason. And I think Perry has a good case, straight up just because of that one Hart Trophy. Yeah, I think, and Rocket Richard. I think. I think. Uh... Perry at this point, do you know he has the major trophy? He has, uh, well, he has two major trophies now, um, plus the Stanley Cups. I think he does. He just the individual accomplishments are greater with Corey Perry than they are with Ryan Getzlaff, and I think that's what the voters, you know, base themselves off of. They, you know, obviously statistical markers, um, like number of goals, but you know, as we as you mentioned, Getzlaff doesn't meet that, um, or otherwise it's the major awards, right? And so you know he's been great. For long stretches of his career, uh, for basically all of it, and he wasn't terrible this year either. Um, but it's just like, did he have that like you know like two seasons, that two season stretch of brilliance where he was like you know top ten player in the world or some shit like that? Um, yeah, here's the the thing though is like if Perry does get in, which he probably will, he's pretty much getting in for that one crazy good season he had, which we're admitting. If you look at the whole stretch of time that they were in Anaheim together, Getzlaff is probably the better player. Right, and so that's where I think the it's it's weird because it's kind of inevitable you end up comparing those two players who were teammates and line mates for such a long time, and if you're going well, Gelslaff was better over the entire stretch of time, uh, and yet Perry is the one with the two major individual awards. It kind of ends up being weird to pick Perry and leave Gelslaff off just because he didn't have one big spike of brilliance. And instead, was very solid for ten years. Right. I think. I think no. That's definitely a solid argument. But I think in terms of the voters uh, and how we've seen them, uh, I don't think they're too concerned with like optics. You know what I mean? I don't think they play the optics game. They just like do their own like fucking own calculus uh, with with <laughs> awards and whatnot, and they spit out some names, uh, and that's what we got to deal with. And they don't really care <laughs> what the people have to say. Um, because at the end of the day, okay. right, the discourse comes after the votes and then they're not, <laughs> everybody kind of forgets about it until the next year. And so, you know, so the voters have no incentive to change. Nobody's mad at them for longer than three days. I do. I could see it happening though. Like Perry gets in one year and then everyone is going, well, what about Getzlaff? And then the next year Getzlaff gets in. I could see a world where that happens. I could, I could, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet uh, my house on it. 
uh, or anything for that matter. Um, <laughs> why would why would no one was having you to bet your house on it? There's not a single player I bet my house on getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm betting on Sidney Crosby. Uh, I would I would bet my house on Sidney Crosby making it to the Hall of Fame. Just for the what record. if the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, shuts down? What mm. then? You lose your house. Mm. But that implies that uh, you know something catastrophic has happened. And since it's in Toronto, I'm probably dead too at that point. Um, so, you know. What? No, they'll just like go bankrupt or something. Oh, Don't on. worry about no, it. No, 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 no. If anything, they'll uh, you know, like make a make a nonprofit hall or some shit like that. You know, they'll go bankrupt. Oh, it's not going bankrupt. <laughs> oh man, it feels like I'm testing fate. Uh, but uh, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this clip will resurface. Who's going <laughs> bankrupt? The hockey hall of fame will never go bankrupt. And it'll be such a, such an oddly specific clip that when it actually eventually does happen, ice cold takes. Just so send that shit right <laughs> to <laughs> <Yeah>. Twitter. <laughs> uh-huh. You heard it here first. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in conclusion, uh, Ryan Getzlaff was pretty good. Oh, one last thing on him actually. Uh, over the past four seasons combined, Ryan Getzlaff is a minus 60. <laughs> okay. Guess what his career plus minus is, despite that. Despite that? Ooh. Yeah, there's your hint, despite that. Yeah, is he, a, is he a plus 80? He is a plus 105. Jesus. <laughs> they, should, they should put him in the hall just for that alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> plus minus was, king. Yeah. Uh, looking through his plus minus before this eighteen nineteen season, he was only a minus player one season of his career. Yeah, and then and then the Ducks started sucking shit. It's crazy how that happens. And he got older. <laughs> and he got older, but also he had to play against. Well, there was nobody in that. He was like stuck as first line center, <laughs> even though he wasn't uh-huh. he wasn't cut out for it. That's what happens, you know. You're playing all these better players. Do you know what Bobby Orr's plus minus was in nineteen seventy seventy one? How did that come up? Um, no, because I because it's absurd. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't. He was a plus one hundred and twenty-four <laughs> in in seventy-eight games. Wow. Was he ever on the ice for 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 a goal against? You got to You got uh, to wonder. Yeah, he, had, to he had he had thirty-seven. He had thirty-seven goals, one hundred two assists for one hundred thirty-nine points. So yes. Um. Then in the playoffs, he had twelve points in seven games. Uh, so I guess the Bruins only played seven games in the playoffs that year. Hey, but if Sucks you think about suck. it, you know, maybe he scored those goals on the power play, in which case he would not get a plus for them. Um, so it's still mathematically oh. possible that he was not on the ice for a single goal against. Um, Do you know how yeah, many games he played for Chicago in his career? Bobby Orr played for Chicago. It's news to me. You didn't know this? No. That, that is news to me. What? It's like every, every hockey fan is like, oh, you know, he he played a bit with Chicago at the end. And no, I, was I like, know. What? That's crazy. <laughs> that's me. That's me. The guy who goes, what? That's crazy. <laughs> that's <laughs> you. It's currently in the state. Because uh, he, like, he only was in the NHL for like 12 years because he had like really bad knee injuries. Um, but uh, yeah, he played 20 games for Chicago in the 76-77 season. 23 points. The next, uh, wait, wait. Oh, he then he missed an entire season, and then he came back to Chicago again, played six games only, and got four points, and that was that was career ended. Wow. Well, that's. I don't know. I have no idea how we veered here uh, via via the plus because minus we, tangent. We were talking um, about plus but, uh, minus. Yeah. And when I think of absurd plus minus stats, I immediately go to Bobby Orr and the seventy seventy one season. There we go. Um. So, 
I guess shout out to Bob Yor uh, and his and his stint with the Blackhawks that I just learned about. Um, let me see what happened to that. Yeah, yes, I have his I have his career. Oh, when the back when the Blackhawks were two words. That's how that's how old this yeah. dude oh, is. Oh, do you know the story behind that? No, I don't. They were actually like I read this in uh, Down Goes Brown's History of the NHL book. Um, they were originally like founded as Blackhawks, like one word, but then someone just like didn't realize that and just referred to them as two words. And everyone was like, "We're the Blackhawks." And then like in the eighties, someone was like, "Wait a second! Look at all these old documents. It's supposed to be one word." And everyone was like, "Oh, okay, let's switch it then." <laughs> Why did they switch it? That's so dumb. <laughs> switch it back to what it was intended to be originally. Yeah, but if everybody was enjoying the current iteration, um, who ca- I don't know, whatever. Okay, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, I feel like Blackhawks evokes a much cooler image than Blackhawks is one word. You know, absolutely. So, and also Blackhawks is one word. Uh, is the um, isn't that like? Oh, I, I should brush up on the history before I talk about it more. But I think it's the direct uh correlation with the one word Blackhawk to the racist caricature that is their logo. And so, you know, what you would hope they do is, you know, the simplest change that everyone seems to be suggesting is just change it to a, literally a Blackhawk and split it back back up into two words. Oh, yes. That is that is much more badass, you know. Um, See, you got Bobby Orr to play on the Blackhawks. Probably, probably couldn't get him to play on the Blackhawks. Just saying, um, you probably could. You could, yeah. I'm, I'm lying out of my ass. Um, but anyways, that was, a dumb <laughs> joke. that was the dumbest thing you ever said. <laughs> wow, that bar is pretty high though. Um, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, let's let's. Where else do we go now? Let's talk about where we were just at. Speaking of people who like left their job, um, in a Western Conference team in the Pacific, <laughs> um, in 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 California. Well Thank you. Uh, Doug Wilson is gone. He is, I think, the official. He resigned, right? He didn't retire, um, so he can mm-hmm. he can go ahead and do some other shit. Uh, but uh, but yeah, well, well, it was it was about to come. He was either gonna resign or get fired because uh, he has built a shit roster and his complete bungling of the cap. Um, and uh, yeah, they, he really just like signed that Tom Tomas Hurdle contract and then dipped. Like two weeks later, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I was gonna say. He left him with one last albatross contract for the road uh, <laughs> to remember him by. Um, it was, I think, it was, it was earlier this season, right? Like near the start of the season, that Paul Maurice resigned from the Jets. Yes, yeah, yeah. This new trend, like the people who would have been responsible for firing them, like it's, I feel like it's just embarrassing for them. Paul Maurice was in there, like, really, you're not gonna fire me. I'm clearly not getting anything out of this team anymore. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll just go. And Doug Wilson, I, I think it's the same thing. He's been there since like 2003 or something. And he built a great team. And they made several deep playoff runs. And they almost won the Stanley Cup several times. Didn't quite get there. And now things have totally fallen apart. And he's probably looking at ownership like, you're going to fire me? I've built I've, The team is a total mess now. Really, you're not? Okay, I'll leave then. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like Doug Wilson... He did do a very good job building the team into a contender. It's just once the window was closed, he had no idea what to do. So I think to a team that's, you know, building, he could probably still do a decent job as GM, I think, and is a name that, you know, is is probably worth talking to 
Um, just not for, I don't know, anyone whose window is almost done. You probably don't want that guy running your team. No, not at all. Uh, don't don't let him touch the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, yeah, or the Capitals. <laughs> oh God, no. Um, yeah, no. He, he was an excellent general manager for for a long while. Where the Sharks were. You know, team year in year out, where you're like, okay, they're gonna be, you know, second place, first place, third place in the uh, in the Western Conference, uh, and you could really bank it because he built a really damn good, tra- uh, damn good team, and that was through his own roster construction, whether it was through, you know, just uh, trades uh, or just straight up drafting and development. They're they're a solid team, um, but yeah, once the window closed, uh, he just he couldn't get enough of these older players. Obviously, you have you know like Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, Eric Carlson, uh, to name three aging shit defenders on Albatross contracts. Um, yeah, he just he just couldn't let go. He couldn't let go. He couldn't t- turn over a new leaf. Uh, and it is it is extremely funny. I agree wholeheartedly that him and Paul Maurice just they knew what was up, um, and it was they they knew so much that uh, and the ownership was so oblivious that they had to like walk out the door of their own accord. Um, because yeah, no, this guy should have been fired like three years ago, man. Um, as soon as he started doing this nonsense, I should have been out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, this might start become more of a trend, uh, that these coaches or GMs or anyone will resign. Um, not if they think they won't be fired, but if they think they might be fired soon, just resign. And it probably, you know, comes off better yeah. to, to like a prospective new job. Like, oh, I wasn't even fired. It just wasn't a good fit anymore. Uh, and then it's like, ooh, you're so mature. Let's hire you. <laughs> you're, you know what? You're you're definitely onto something. It's it's a better look for the coach, for sure. Um, because, yep. or or the coach or the general manager. Um, because yeah, you think about Paul Maurice. You don't think he was uh, you know, fired because the Jets were shit and were under you know performing expectations year after year. Uh, no, you think uh he walked away and it was a big deal. But you don't think about how you know. It wasn't very good. Um, and then <laughs> Doug Wilson too. Now he's just like, oh wow, Doug Wilson, what a what a fantastic tenure he had. He built such great teams for such for so many years. Uh, and it's not like oh he was fired because his team was dog shit and riddled with awful contracts. You don't even think about that anymore. Everybody's talking about Doug Wilson in pleasant terms, uh, with like brief mentions of his current shit franchise that he he, he ran like three <laughs> days ago. So you know what? It's a smart career move. I gotta say, absolutely excellent. excellent. <laughs> Very smart on the part of Doug Wilson, uh, and I mean, I'm sure in a job interview it will come up like, "So, how about that Martin Jones contract?" <laughs> um, but in, in, in general, what he thought, yeah. And in, in general, I don't think, I don't think it could hurt to if you think you're going to get fired soon. To, to step away before they get the chance to. What what harm could that do? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, uh, if there's no future, there's no point sticking around to the bitter end. Um, yeah. yeah. Unless you're really hanging on to those extra few K, you know, that, that those paychecks. Um, but if you're not... Do you think he knew he was going to uh, resign while he was signing the <laughs> Thomas Hurdle contract? <laughs> Probably. Pro- you'd think so. Like, what was the trade? That- what did he sign that contract? It was like uh like a couple days before March 21st was the deadline. So literally like 20 days ago. I would think that he's thinking about this for more than 20 days, right? Such a such a big career move like quitting your job. Um you would you would like to think that he spent more than 20 days on this contemplating his future. 
um, and what he wants to do after, uh, and maybe have some things set up uh, or whatnot, plan some vacations. Um, <laughs> so I think so. I really do think so uh, that he had it in mind, which makes it all the more funnier. Uh, because yeah, they uh, should they should have sold him to the Bruins or some shit, um, for like a good boatload of a haul. Oh well. Anyway, uh, good for Thomas Hurdle for getting that bag too. Then I guess. Exactly. Uh, let's move on now to talk about what is one of the most impressive on ice achievements we've seen in an extremely long time. I honestly wasn't sure if we would ever see this again. Matthews got fifty and fifty, fifty one and fifty actually. Uh, it wasn't from the start of the season, but literally, who cares? Um, in the past 50 games, he scored 51 goals. That's insane. The last player to do was Mario Lemieux back in 95-96. Um, I don't think there is a great argument for anyone else for Hart Trophy anymore. Um, you know, Shesterkin and McDavid both kind of up there. I just don't know how you can look away from Austin Matthews. He, he's about to pass 60 goals. He might get close to 70. Last player to score 60 goals was 10 years ago, Stamkos. Last player to get 65 was Ovechkin in 2008. Matthews is probably going to pass them both. And he has, while doing that, developed his all-around game to an extremely high level. And he is not anywhere close to a defensive liability. He's very strong defensively. And looking in isolated fashion at this season, it's probably a very reasonable statement that he's been more valuable than Connor McDavid and just straight up better. Yeah, I think so. He's just been just a completely different level um, at both ends of the ice. But obviously, you know, he scored 50 and 50 or 51 and 50. Um, you know, not only that, coming off a wrist injury too, right? Like that's what it was that was ailing him to start the year. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, so, you know, if he wasn't injured, just imagine how many more goals you'd have now. Um, but but yeah, no, to say, like, you know, you, you were wondering if we would see this again. We haven't even seen this in our lifetime once, right? You mentioned last time was 95, 96. Um, so this is like, a, this is a first in a lifetime event kind of thing. It's, uh, yeah, it's fucking insane. We, it's like, we don't see this kind of goal toward goal scoring base to like sustain it, to really sustain, like, you know, there are obviously hard stretches of goals, um, but to sustain it over 50 games uh, to <laughs> at a goal a game pace um, is uh, basically unheard of uh in this in this kind of dead puck era other than like Mario Lemieux, right? So yeah, that is and and, and absolutely when it comes to the Hart trophy, I uh, I don't think there's a discussion anymore when you break such a such a fundamental record when it comes to like it's goals, right? That's what you're that's what what sort of people are paid to score in the NHL. Uh and yeah, you just <laughs> doing it like nobody has in the last what, fucking thirty years. Ten games left. Does he get to 70? What's his tally now? 56, you say? 58. 58. 10 games. Ooh. He's 12 and 10. Man, he just he just seems to score every fucking goal, though, doesn't he? Every game. Every game. Um, That that does mean a slight uptick in, in the goal pace. But, you know, he just scored like two against the Habs, right? It was like, like it was nothing. Um, So I will say, with that being said, I say he slows down. I say he regresses. I think he gets 67. Yeah, that, uh, oh, that'd that was, be fun. That was slightly intentional. <laughs> you know what? Just for that, I'm going to agree with you spot on. Thank you. He's going to end the year at 67 goals. And then when the Leafs lose in the first round to anyone, it'll be B 
because of that. Should have stopped at sixty-six. Should have stopped at sixty-six. It's as simple. As yeah, that. the far less cursed number of sixty-six. I think it would be inherently. Uh, oh yes, right. <laughs> I think it would be inherently okay. funny. <laughs> yeah, if, like if it was like a game winner and like it was like the one point that put them over. I don't know, like Boston for the third seed or whatever it is. Yeah, so they have to play Tampa instead of Carolina because of the 67th goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's happening. That's what I'm saying. Uh, That's that's the kind of juju, like the kind of vibes I want for this Leafs team. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, man, imagine. We're writing the script. God, you fuck. If they lose (laughs) in the first round with Austin Matthews scoring 50 and 50 in the regular season, having that kind of season, um, I mean. What do, what do you even do? What do you do? Yeah. We were, you can't even discuss it. I think with all that Leafs talk of like, oh, what would you even do? Like, I feel like we're well past the point of what would you even do yeah, last keep, season. You're right. You know? Just keep kicking the can. Like, they dominated, lost to Montreal. It's like, we've done everything we can. And now we're just kind of, you know, time marches on and we continue playing hockey games. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's yeah. all there is to it now. I guess there is. Like, I feel like they, they can't really be surprised anymore, especially because they're matchup this year whoever it is will be way better than montreal last year so right so they just they are they're night they're becoming nihilists you know there's no meaning anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, just, they're just here okay we'll see we'll see if anything they have a stronger team than ever um they've been looking very dominant recently so then again they did look dominant in that shit-ass canadian division last year and, and here we are so and here we are all right um College season ending, bunch of players signing entry-level deals, including some big names who are set to make their NHL debut soon. Recent first overall pick, Owen Power, signed with Buffalo. Fifth overall pick, Kent Johnson, signed with Columbus on the same day. And second overall pick, Matty Beneers, signed with the Kraken. The Kraken now have how many players under contract? Still a very small number. Uh, 34 out of 50. And on their reserve list, after signing Matty Beneers, they have six players down from seven. Um, anyway, all these players are probably going to make their debut soon. And it's exciting because normally with high draft picks, especially first picks, second picks, uh, they break into the NHL right away. And now um, these ones, and I know they were slightly lower caliber first and second overall picks, have had a full extra year in college to dominate and I think there's a very good chance that these two, these three actually players, Kent Johnson included, might kind of take the league by surprise in this last little stretch. Yeah, no, it's always fun to see these, uh, these really, honestly, these college players. It's always fun to, like, they burn their first year of the ELC, right? Uh, off the yeah. bat, even with just, they don't have to do the nine game dance that, like, the CHL players have to do. Um, so, you know, there's no real incentive for, like, the team to hold them back. Or like, oh, if they get too good, we got to bench him or whatnot. It's really just like, you know, your your college season's done. Go fuck around uh, for like, and you're usually on a shit team. Like all three of these players are. Uh, so you can just like tear it up. And there's really no expectations. Um, just just good vibes because, you know. And so I, I'm, I'm very excited to watch these three play. And uh, perhaps we'll pick one of their teams for our examination this week. Maybe we won't because it's not worth watching such a team. We shall see. <laughs> Yeah, I would say no. It is not worth watching <laughs> such a team just for one player. Fair enough. Um, especially because we just watched two Sabres games this week. Yeah. And uh, I think we already did the Kraken. Yes, we did. Did we do Columbus? Either way, I don't want you to. You don't want to do Columbus. Um, the answer is no, but I doubt you do. 
yeah, I got you either one way I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might like if I see like Kent Johnson score, I might watch the highlight. Uh, another college player who signed, nineteen-year-old uh, Bobby Brink. Um, this is a fun one. It, well, with the Flyers, he was a second-round pick back in two thousand nineteen, and he like slipped to the second round. He was projected in the first, like a a high-skill player, and it was like what a steal in the second round. I think they traded up for him. And he's been on a, an upward trajectory. Oh, he's actually, he's 20 now. Sorry, not 19. He's been, you know, progressing very nicely. University of Denver had 57 points this year. And he is someone else we can probably expect to see in the lineup soon. And he's a forward, so he will not be stealing Keith Yandel's roster spot. Right. So all the more, uh, you know, incredible that they healthy scratch this guy. Um, But, you know, we've had that discussion before. Uh, And, uh, yeah. That's cool, Bobby Brink, uh, national champion because it, right. De- so congrats to Denver. Honestly, I had never heard of University of Denver in any context until like two days ago when they won um, the national championship. But good for them. Uh, and uh, yeah, I have no other thoughts on Bobby Brink. I've got. Uh, I just remember that he was that second overall pick two years ago. Do you know what Bobby Brink's middle name is? Um, is it Bo? It's not Bo. Okay. It is or. <laughs> How topical. How topical for this podcast. I, yeah, was that I did not know. You was bring that up Bobby Orr two times. Yeah, yeah. It was not. I suspect. I did not know. It was. I, did, I, I, just I promise. Out, I don't know. I just want to point out. the last time we even brought up Bobby Orr at all on this podcast? We don't talk about old, old, old people. <laughs> I got to say, that's in the span of 10 minutes, you completely unprompted brought up Bobby Orr twice. So what's your... What's your hidden okay. Bobby Orr agenda? Because I they didn't, were... <laughs> I didn't, we, I didn't have Bobby Brink under the players we were going to talk about today. So, uh, you know, you brought him up un- unprompted, and just like the plus minus thing. So, I promise, I know you're trying to plug the plus, something. The plus, I the, the the first time I brought up plus minus, and then I thought, wow, crazy plus minus stats like that Bobby Orr one I know. <laughs> so, so I brought up Bobby Brink. And when the moment was when you said there's nothing else I know about Bobby Brink that I was like, do I know anything else about Bobby Brink? <laughs> oh wait, I do. A fun fact that he was named after Bobby Orr and then became a an NHL player. Such such arbitrary prompts for you to think of Bobby Orr. Uh, never seen anything like it. Plus minus and uh, miscellaneous facts about Bobby Brink. So we know we know what the uh, we know what the name of this podcast is going to be today. It's going to be Bobby Orr. Just straight up. Um, all right. No. No. <laughs> I promise it won't. Because then then you'll say I have an agenda, and I don't. I have no Bobby Orr agenda. <laughs> you do. Only someone with a Bobby Orr agenda would bring him up twice. He's, uh, sorry to Bobby Orr, but pretty irrelevant these days, I would say. What about, what about someone What about someone who brings him up uh, once a week for many, many years on national TV, such as Don Cherry? Right. Okay, so maybe he, you know. So are you are you putting yourself on par? With Don Cherry, no, I'm Purveyors saying Don Cherry. Bobby Orr agenda. I'm saying Don Cherry had a Bobby Orr agenda, and you can tell because it was prolonged. This, this is just ran, a random coincidence. Sure, there's no possible Bobby Orr agenda that I could have. Random. See that now we've had a whole conversation about Bobby Orr and the agenda. So, and it's your fault for saying that there is one. I think that's rich. I think that's rich coming from the guy who's brought it up three times now. All right. So yeah, three. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, Where was the third one? I don't know. Just this is this conversation. I'm putting it on. I'm putting the blame on your shoulders here. Um, uh, conversation number one about Bobby Orr. Yes. Brian Gesloff's plus minus. Conversation number two about Bobby Orr. Bobby Brink's middle name. 
Conversation number three about Bobby Orr, the fact that I don't have a Bobby Orr agenda. Exactly. See? You, you figured it out. Um, so, all right. So, so please, listeners, try to uh, – we apologize for the for – the, I swear I didn't agree to the sponsorship. Um, but, you know. <laughs> I won't call the episode Bobby Orr. I'll, I'll call it Bobby Orr agenda. Okay. How's that? Perfect. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's really all there is to know about Bobby Orr Brink. Um, God, that's what is it, Bobby, or is it Brink? Bobby or Brink? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I used to make the joke when I was a kid like, I have two names, Alex and Er. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's that's best. My style of humor, A. plus. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so it's been a while since we've uh done a standings check here on this podcast, sure has. Um, but especially in the east, uh, no, no, not the east. No, it's, that's been set for for months now. Uh, but especially in the west, things are are in constant motion. Everything's fluid. So uh, let us let us pull up the standings. And uh, do we want to start with the east? A quick discussion, get the getting boring bits out of the way. Maybe not boring, but you know the less exciting yeah, parts. Let's do it right. because I don't I don't think it's as boring as you're making it out to be. The Atlantic. Uh, you were talking you were talking about uh, Carolina earlier. I thought, oh yeah, they're gonna win the division. Uh, they are only two points up on the Rangers right now with the same amount of games played. That is uh, either one of those teams' division. And either one of those uh, teams, I think, may not want to win the division. That's because would say, yeah. you rather play one of the one of the Atlantic teams or the Penguins? My answer is definitely the Penguins. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, there's, <laughs> it's just a completely, you know, even the Penguins have been have been sliding recently. They've, they've only won three of the last ten games. Uh, and... So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a race to the bottom because no, for sure, just just the 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 entirety of the Atlantic teams are better than the entirety of the Metro Metro team. I'm going to say it because it's true. Uh, so so yeah, that's that. Um, as for the the, the bottom two spots, looks like uh, oh well, actually, because the Penguins have been slipping, uh, they may become the wild card team because the Caps are only four points behind and they have two games in hand, uh, and they won three games in a row. So. Yeah, if if the Caps do manage to get the third seed, then that second seed <laughs> becomes all the more valuable compared to the first yeah. seed because the Caps suck and uh, they're old and they're gold. They have no goalies. Yeah, I've been thinking, you know, like, oh yeah, Washington's kind of like you know falling back from the other seven. Pittsburgh, I hadn't really noticed they were falling too. This is why it's so helpful to do standings checkups so that we can actually know what's going on <laughs> because a lot of the time we don't. Uh, yeah, I was like in my head, I was like, oh yeah, Florida's gonna play Washington, but yeah, Washington is totally in striking distance of Pittsburgh, especially if they keep sliding. And uh, this is one of the the downsides of this format because we're looking at the Atlantic, like, oh yeah, might be helpful to drop to the wild card. We're looking at the Metro, oh yeah, might be helpful to drop out of the division lead. Like, what other? How how could this possibly make sense? Where we're saying, oh yeah, it's objectively good for you to drop in the standings, right? But I think. Like wouldn't this? I think it's just a weird collection of teams, though. Like if if we rank them by conference, like one, eight, two, seven, you know, like I think we still get the same kind of scenario, do we? I feel like, or it's very close. Well, well, it would be well, very no, close. because we, we would end up. Well, we would still end up with if you move up in the standings, you play a lower seed, right? Right. That that doesn't that is you know every couple years I feel like with this new format, like every three or four years. We get the situation where one division is clearly better than the other, and it leads to these situations. In 2017, it was the Metro that was way stronger. It was like, 
Washington, Pittsburgh, and Columbus were dominating. And, like, Montreal won the Atlantic. And it was like, oh, uh, Columbus is going to want to, like, drop to the wild card or something. And ended up being the Rangers that were in the wild card and crossed over and beat the Canadians. Right. So, yeah, I think it's more a second-round thing. I think for the first round, because they are pretty close in terms of the points. Like, if you look at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh only has one less point than the Bruins, the Lightning. The Rangers have the same number of points as the as the, uh, as the Maple Leafs. So, like, points-wise, you know, a, a couple of games here and there, and you could have in a conference system just the Hurricanes playing the Bruins or, or like, if they fall to the second seed. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, so, yeah. But... But your point stands. It, it does leave you with some weird fucking matchups. And the Atlantic, whoever makes it into the Atlantic, crosses over, uh, is doomed. Because that second round, uh, you're facing a juggernaut basically both rounds, right? So so that's that. Um, so yeah, let's shift to the Atlantic. It looks like the Panthers have a... Well, they've won seven games in a row now. So they have cleared themselves some headway since the deadline. They are eight points clear of the Maple Leafs. So the division is is locked up basically at this point. Um, and the Maple Leafs are four points ahead of the Lightning because they, they also have been surging behind, uh, you know, Matthews being completely ridiculous. Uh, they've been fantastic. So so we've got one, two. They've both clinched. Uh, so have the Hurricanes and Rangers. Um, but those are those are givens. They, they, these teams, the Atlantic teams basically clinched in January, if you think about it. Uh, and, yeah, it looks like the Lightning and the Bruins are in a dogfight for third. And so the matchups are still very much to be determined uh, in both divisions, um, which, you know, is fun because we're going to have <laughs> the Maple Leafs play the, the Lightning of the Bruins, apparently, and that is extremely funny. Yeah, it is looking a lot now like Toronto, you know, has a decently firm grasp on the second of the division. So, yeah, they are saying, do we want to play the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs or our worst nightmare team? Our, our, <laughs> what do you call it? The Boogeyman? The Voodoo yeah. Doll? Those are, those, are, those are the two options right now for the Leafs. Uh, I am... Not confident in them either way. I would probably pick against them either way, to be totally honest. Interesting. But I think th- they have been really looking really good, though, to be fair to them. Um, wow. Like, oh. But well, they I, looked I good in them. the regular season, <laughs> and then they might lose in the playoffs. You know what? There's no way you're going to fall for this again. Come on. You're you're smarter than that. <laughs> Man, I, I might have to pick them in the first round. No. No. Come on. Are you, come on. They're too good. They're too good in the regular season. They look too good. Jack Campbell looks fine. Here's Jack Campbell looks great out of the out of his injury. Here here's a here's a new thought, a brand new thought. Say the Leafs, you know, are in a dogfight with either one of these teams. It gets to 7 and they actually win. And then get swept by the Panthers, <laughs> outscored like five goals every game. Is that somehow more disheartening for Leafs fans to be like, we did it, we achieved our goal, and then you see that like you're still an utter failure come round two? <laughs> I think. Well, I think there's two aspects. A, you understand that you're facing a juggernaut on the Panthers, and you'd love to be in contention. But if they, if in this hypothetical they get completely, you know, swept and whatnot, and completely, you know, just dominated throughout the second round, I think the bar is so low for this franchise. It is so low since 2004, right? Is this the year? Um, they haven't won a round, like yep, you know, a year after year after year. They just came off that. They just came off Columbus and then Montreal back to back. That's fucking brutal. Uh, and I think if they win the first round, they won't be happy to to you know make a a not so nice second round exit. But I think they won't. You know, I won't. Th- I don't think it's as disheartening, disheartening, um, because just it's just miserable. The first round exits year after year. Yeah, last thing on the East before we move over to the West. Um, 
if the Washington Capitals only win one of their last ten games, for example, and the Islanders end off end off this year nine and two, and the Islanders will pass the Capitals and make the playoffs. Just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Just <laughs> something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> seems very likely, I gotta say. Um uh, is there any reason you bring this up in particular other than other than to uh that race is tight it's sure interesting <laughs> yes it is you know islanders and blue jackets fighting it out for ninth place now there's something oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the race for ninth and at the okay. bottom we have montreal 51 points uh they got to 20 wins i would have absolutely not thought they would have if you asked me <laughs> About two months ago. Uh, good for them. They're still significantly behind uh, the next several. New Jersey, Philadelphia, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. All under Batman 500. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's, that's impressive. That is, it really is. No, it's just remarkably lopsided. And we talked about this. You know, It just seemed that they picked eight good teams in the, in the East was what they decided this year. Um, but... You know, it, it it is it is really jarring to see like how many points is it in the division race between the Bruins and the Red Wings? Like twenty nine. When do you ever see a twenty nine point oh, gap? <laughs> like ever. And, and, and why does it have to be between fourth and fifth in the division? Um, and that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I kind of hope. I I think it would be kind of fun if this happened one year, where but it was like seven really good teams and nine really bad teams. So I know, like, Washington's not great, but, like, what if we just had, like, one god-awful team in the playoffs? Right. What if we had that 29 team? What if the Red... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if the Capitals were, like, basement dog shit, and, like, we had the Red Wings kind of, like, <laughs> sneaking in? Um, or, like, the Blue Jackets? Ooh, that would be fun. But, yeah, no, that would... <laughs> well, I don't know about the... Well, you know what? The, the fans are just happy to be there at that point, right? Just to be cannon fodder for, for the Panthers or whatnot. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, that's, uh, well, any given year, right? You can have any, perm- any sort of permutation. It just happened to be, we get the, the most boring playoff race in terms of playoff spots this year. And it's okay. All right. Okay. Western conference. We got central division. Colorado's going to win that one sitting at 110 points. Uh, it's a race between them and the Panthers for the president's trophy right now. Then we have uh, Minnesota and St. Louis, kind of a very tight duel to see who's going to get home ice advantage in that practically foregone conclusion matchup. They're both tied at 94 points each. Minnesota has one game in hand, so they're in second right now. Uh, In the Pacific, Calgary is the one that's running away with first place over there. And then we got Edmonton in second with 90 points, LA in third with 86 and Vegas in fourth, but outside a wildcard spot as well with 84. Only two points behind the Kings with a game in hand. Right. So first, before we get into the playoff race, I just want to point out, uh, I just did not realize the Blues were this good this year. Like, five in a row recently, you know, like, fighting it out. And, like, Jordan Bennington has been fucking terrible. Like, the entire who the time. Who's the starter now? Yeah, who's who, who straight up the starter? Like, out of nowhere, I think... Uh, what Bennington in the last month has had three starts. You want to guess the save percentage in those three starts? Uh, eight seventy two. Eight forty two. 
Um, <laughs> so he's just straight up. He's bad, bad. Um, and they're really leaning hard on Uso. But I, I, I didn't realize they had the, you know, the guns to kind of, to kind of stick with the wild or like really stick in these division races. But uh, but good for them, I guess. Um, see you. See you never. You never believed in Jordan Cairo. He was okay. like, oh, he's overrated. Okay. Nope. He Jordan Cairo rocks. Because you know, you know what else? It's the Buchnevich effect. Yeah, um, the Buchnevich Rob Thomas Tarasenko line Big has bias. been absolutely clicking yeah. all year long. They're all hovering around a point a game. Uh, Robert Thomas is over a point a game. Uh, Tarasenko Buchnevich um, are both within striking distance of thirty goals, and they've got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players over twenty. They have a, a very deep, uh, deep forward group. Yeah, damn. Uh, and <laughs> the Kraken could have picked their cycle and they expanded it up. And then they went with like Vince Dunn. I said they should. Yeah, I said I, I did it in my mock draft, and you were like, no, they're not going to do that. They're not, yeah, I mean, they weren't going to. But at this point, with the contracts that they that they were so willing to hand out, uh, they probably should take that <laughs> fucking that, that gamble. Um, so, yeah, that's the Blues. So, so watch out. And, and the Wild. Yeah, they came back and they were like losing three nothing today, right? To the to the Kings, came back to win five three. Uh, so they're clicking too, apparently. You know, it's, this is their last year of contention before they get absolutely sewered by those cap hits next year. So, so that's nice. Um, so <laughs> Good yeah, luck to them. Yeah, exactly. All right, so yeah, let's 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 move to the playoff race. Um, for the for the wild card spots, um, it seemed it seemed very bleak like two weeks ago for the Golden Knights. They've kind of like turned it on, I guess, at will. Uh, Pacioretty's back from his long-term injury, which is nice for them. So they can at least get two-thirds of the eichel Pacioretty stone line that we've been like wondering when it's going to show up for the last three months. Um, but yeah, it's like it seemed like the the Kings had like a were like firmly in second. I thought for like a long while um, to the point where I was like, oh okay, well I didn't realize they were this good, but sure the numbers say so. Um, but yeah, no, they've kind of backslid. Like lost today, they're four, they've won four of the last ten, and. Yeah, it looks like the Golden Knights are about to catch up. And, like, roster-wise, it makes sense. But I didn't realize it was, you know, that they would make up ground so fast. Yeah, the Kings have lost three in a row in regulation. And that's what Vegas needed, someone to open the door for them. Yep. Uh, I'm even more confident now than I was before that Vegas is going to uh, hop on past the Kings and then kill the Oilers in the first round. Ooh, right. Okay, because... Hmm. You think you think they'll get past? The, like you think they might? <laughs> you think they might wait? Wait, might, they might end up in the uh, second wild card spot and play the Avalanche in the first round. Is that a distinct possibility Ooh. numbers wise? Well, for that one, they would have to pass Dallas. It could happen. They're right. tied, but Dallas is two games in hand. But, um, but the, the clearer path right now is yeah. to the third divisional spot. Right. Yeah. No. It seems like what was it like a a week and a half ago where like you know Dom decision has his daily playoff odds, and like the Golden Knights were at what twenty percent. And it was like, oof. Not quite that low, I don't think. No, it was low. Like, not, not even, like, yesterday I checked it was 50. Um, So, before this little little slip and slide by the Kings and the win streak by the Golden Knights, it was looking bad. There was a lot of red on that Golden Knights chart. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just, they, they I guess, you know, the, the, the roster talent is there. So, they, I mean, they're better than the Kings, I'll tell you that, and the Stars, and the Preds. But, here we are. Mm-hmm. One fun uh, matchup that's shaping up. Uh, it looks a lot like like Nashville. They're not going to catch Minnesota or St. Louis for a divisional spot, and they're also pretty clear of anyone catching them for the top wild card. So they're probably going to end up playing Calgary, uh, and I think we can start wrapping our heads around a Nashville Calgary first round matchup. 
Um, so yeah, that that'll be a fun one. Calgary will be the favorite. Uh, do you have any any preliminary preliminary thoughts on this matchup to be? Yeah, that's a it's a weird matchup, isn't it? I don't know. Just like uh, well, I think it's part in part because uh, we didn't expect we, we didn't expect this kind of matchup this year because you know the Flames heading into the year they were a bit of a tire fire. Uh, but uh, any thoughts? Hmm. I think I think the Flames are the much better team. And given that I just like three weeks ago, prel- very preliminarily tabbed them as my cup pick, um, I I'm pretty confident they'll pull it out because really the Preds' only hope at this point is uh, UC Saros kind of pulling the series for them. I don't know. Roman Yossi's is on a might break a hundred points. I've been keeping tabs on that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> that's pretty insane. Um, so that's that's an interesting Norris race too. Eh? Between him and Makar. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, Forsberg, yeah. Yossi, Saros have all had been having like career years. Duchesne's had a crazy resurgence. They have they have some pieces there in uh, in Nashville. They also have some some major glaring holes, but uh, and and you know extremely questionable depth, which I guess is kind of the same thing. But uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't underestimate them against Calgary. Yeah, their stars can carry them, but I think I think the Flames are just too deep. Uh up and down the lineup, you had to Foley and you know the Preds. Who's on their defense other than Yossi? Uh, just question marks. Ekholm, straight, straight question marks. Uh, Alexander Carrier, Dante Fabro, Matthew Benning, Jeremy Lozon, who they got for a second round pick. <laughs> uh, while that may be factually correct, I can't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I've answered your question. Thank you for answering my question. Uh, what I meant to say is, who shall, who can, who can bear the the the, the continuous waves of attack that the Flames will offer with uh, well, two at most say, of the uh, defensemen? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say Sean Monahan on the fourth line too, but no, he's out for the year. Uh, but even without Sean yeah. Monahan, it's no big deal uh, for the Flames. So that's that's our early first round preview. You heard it here first. Flames v Preds. All right, for the sake of not running on too long, let's go to our guess who now. Um, we decided only a couple hours ago to do the Islanders. We realized we kind of left it at the last minute um, because Corey Schneider, after a long time not playing the NHL, uh, played this week and got a win, 4-3 win over the Devils. And uh, you thought that was enough of a major event to warrant... <laughs> <laughs> Guess who winning the Islanders this Way week? Way to throw me under the bus! <laughs> no, but there, there was there was nothing else. It was a pretty low key week, and also we've done a lot of these Guess Who teams. So um, yeah, yeah, we're running team. we're running low on teams on teams. So so that's what, why what? We're, the events are getting less relevant. <laughs> but we what will keep you? finding them. We will keep finding them. Man, what's what's the last team going to be? Hold up, let me just let me pull up the. Uh... The sheet. Um, what's the most relevant team? Is it? Hmm. It's not like, man. We still have like Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago, Winnipeg. Uh, is it Winnipeg or is it the Islanders or is it Detroit? Is Detroit? Detroit. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I think happen? it'll probably be the Red Wings, unless like, Cider's probably gonna win the Calder Trophy eventually. So, okay, so we've got like that, that one lined up. It, we just that just has yeah. to fall on a guess who week though, because it can't come two weeks before you know. Then it's. And it's a calamity. It's a travesty. Well, uh, we could do Calder finalists were announced, and two of them are Red Wings. Let's do the Red Wings this week. Mm, okay. Um, with, with our luck, the, <laughs> it'll be like six weeks apart, just offset of our guess who. But 
<laughs> you know? Uh, it's good to plan ahead. All right. So, yeah, today right. is uh, Islanders week. Let's get going. What, who are the players? The players are Ilya Sorokin, Semyon Varlamov, Corey Schneider, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pellick, Scott Mayfield, Noah Dobson, Zdeno Chara, Andy Green, Sebastian Ajo, Grant Hutton, Matthew Barzell, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, J.G. Pajot, Josh Bailey, Anthony Bovillier, Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, Ross Johnson, Oliver Wallstrom, Zach Parise, and Kiefer Bellows. All players on the Islanders. All right. So. Undoubtedly. Um, if, if actually correct. Just just like the Preds defenseman. You just spit facts. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I got my player. I also have my player. So I'll mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. Anthony Bovillier. And I'm right. back. I will be muting in three, two, one. My player is Noah Dobson. All right, I am making my way downtown. Um, all right, all right. I won last time, right? Pretty yes. sure. Yes, you you clean swept me two nothing in a in an embarrassing fashion. Oh, go on, tell me more about it. No thanks. That's that's all. That's that's the entire story. That's the news. <laughs> right there. Okay. Um. So yeah, how many players are this? This twenty six players. Is that we said. Ooh. That's twenty five, like 25? normal. Oh boy, do I have an extra player on my spreadsheet? I do. Let's see if we figure out who. <laughs> okay. Well, did I accidentally make it twenty six? I don't know. No, I got twenty five. Okay. Well, I'm just I'm just clowning. I uh, three six nine twelve fourteen. Excuse this. Uh, it's a great audio. Yeah, I gotta say, just me counting the multiples of three. Did you put someone um, twice or something? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, it's just there. There's an interloper. There's an interloper. Is it Ross John? Is no Ross Johnson's here? Um. What? Okay. What do you mean? There's an interloper. There, there's, there's somebody who's on my list who's not on the, uh, the official list because I think we import. Why? Them. Because I, I, I import an Excel spreadsheet from Hockey Reference, and then I have to parse afterwards, add players that are missing, remove players that are there that aren't on the list. And oh, uh, that's so complicated. At least to situations like this. <laughs> it's okay. So there's a first for everything. Uh, and seems that today's the day. All right. Well, no big deal. Um, okay. Well, I'll anyway, at some point, I, I will ask the first question um, of this game. Why don't I sort by number? That's always a a good one, I think. Is your player's number twenty or less? Okay, my player's number is twenty or less. Very nice. You love to see it down to twelve. Okay, I found the I found the interloper. It was Andy Andrioff. So, uh yes. Shout out to him. Yeah, I to, actually I picked between him and Grant Hutton for who to put, and I said, well, Grant Hutton's played more games, so let's go with him. There we go. Okay, so uh, I will be going by uh, how they were acquired. So, was your player, uh, well, acquired by draft by the New York yes, Islanders? I've... Not does not yes, mean drafted was... by the Islanders, but you know what I mean. Like it's. I, I do know what you mean. Yeah, okay. All right. And and yes, he was acquired by draft. All right. That that lead does leave me with 12 players. Okay. All right. Looks like we are in deadlock. Crazy. Um uh, let's sort by first name. Who doesn't love that category? Only losers. Uh is your does your player's first name start with a letter between A and J? Yes. All right, goodbye to K through Z. I'm down to six. 
Ooh, man, I'm so tempted to to sort by forwards, but that seems extremely risky. Um, uh, hmm. All right, I'll go by I'll go by number. Oh, let me sort this out. Okay, is your player's number uh, eighteen or lower? Yes, my player's number is eighteen or lower. Okay, all right. That leaves me with three forwards and three defensemen. All right. Let's sort by age. There are a bunch of oldies on this team. Uh, is your player 30 or older? No. My player is not. All right. Down to older. three. Okay. All right. How shall we sort this? Okay. Now, these are all like notable players. I do not like the vibe of this. Um, okay. Does your player shoot right? Yes, my player does shoot right. All right. That leaves us with Matt Barzal, Noah Dobson, and Ryan Pulak. So, all right, I got three left. They are the notable Adam Pellick, the scrub Grant Hutton, and the perfectly mid correct vibes is your player Anthony Beauvillier. Wow, someone's someone's just straight up on fire. Hey, <laughs> this is terribly unfortunate. Um. Wow. Okay. So I am stuck with, as I mentioned, Barzal, Dobson, Pulak. Barzal is just a superstar. Can't pick him. Pulak's an excellent defenseman, and Noah Dobson's extremely mid. Uh, let's. Is your player Noah Dobson? Yes, my player Ooh. is Noah Dobson. Clutch, clutch, clutch. All right. I had to pull myself out of that losing streak. Um. So you love to see it. Good All stuff. Right. Round one tie. On to round two, we march. Okay. Time to randomize once more. All right. Boom. Got your player? Yes, I do. All right. Muting incoming audio in three, two, one. Cal Clutterbuck. And I'm back. All right. I'll be muting in three, two, one. My player is Grant Hutton. Okay, I will be uh, returning now. All right, let's switch it up. Wonderful. Let us Ask not, away. Let us not use uh, the the acquisition train, although it did serve me well last time. So I will be using last name. Uh, is Does your player's last name begin with H or earlier in the alphabet? Yes, my player's last name does begin with H or earlier in the alphabet. Big dub, down to 12. Was your player drafted in the top 40? My player was not drafted in the top 40. Big dubs, we're down to 12. I feel like that's an L, though, because now you got a bunch of losers, no? <laughs> no, there are a bunch of notable players drafted in the late rounds. If you say so. If you say so. Um. Okay. All right. Uh, hmm. Okay, I'm going to do the acquisition route. It's too juicy. Was your player uh, acquired via draft by the New York Islanders? No, my player was not acquired via draft. Okay. You really had to call out the, the via, didn't you? Via. Via rail. All right. Is your player's nationality Canada? My player's nationality 
is Canada. All right, down to six. Okay, it's a tight race. <laughs> uh, okay. Hmm. Oh, Why are you yeah. laughing? Did we I miss a, the joke? No, you didn't miss the joke. We just got a bunch of old fucks. Just like it seems like every other time. Um. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Does your player's last name begin with the letter C? Um. No, my player's last name does not begin with letter C. That is tragic. Go ahead. I hate this collection of six players I have. It's it's awful. That's what I'm it's saying. Really, That's what I'm saying. You played yourself. What was the question? I, what was the other question? Oh, uh, yeah, was, uh, was, I think I kind of did. You, you played yourself. Oh, uh, you're so correct. I absolutely <laughs> played myself. Uh, it's okay. I can I can get out of this. Okay. I can get out of this. Uh, and I have a good question to use, I think. No, oh, wait. Hmm. See, like, five out of these six players are given correct vibe. No, four out of six. All right, so I just, I see two that I want to split up. Um, And, okay, here's, here's, here's what we'll do unless we do something else instead. Uh, okay, I'm definitely not doing that. Not first name. That does not split well. How about last name? Does that, that yeah, okay, we can live with last name. Does your player's last name start with a letter from A to J? Yes. Okay. I have three left. All right. Uh, yeah, no, it's not like my selection is much better. I have J.G. Pajot. I have Andy Green and Grant Hutton. Uh, those latter two are like the same player. Like, I understand Andy Green had a significant career as a captain in New Jersey, but also... Uh, I don't care. And they're basically... <laughs> um, all right. So which one will I pick between the two? These two American defensemen making $750,000 in salary this year, acquired via signature. Um, hmm. I think I shall pick former captain of the New Jersey Devils is your player Andy Green. My player is not Andy Green. Fuck me. That's terrible. All right. Go ahead. All right. Here's who I have. Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, and Ross Johnston. The fourth line, basically. It's <laughs> <laughs> quality. Right. But if Matt Martin's injured, then that's the fourth line. Uh, so, yeah. I'd say I'm leaning away from Ross Johnston just because he's, like, the worst out of all of them is just, like, Mr. McPunchy fists. Um, Clutterbuck and Sezikis, though. I legitimately couldn't tell those two players apart for a significant portion of my life. Um, I'm going to... All right, I have a guess, and it's based on nothing. Is your player Casey Sezikis? No, it's not. Ah! What was it based on? Boo! Was Was it actually based off of nothing? Straight up? Yes, it was actually based off nothing. I was like, let me just pick one. All right. I want to pick the other uh, defenseman. Is your player Grant Hutton? Yes, my player is Grant Hutton. Quality. Quality. Secure the tie. Let's go. Is your player Cal Clutterbuck? It is Cal Clutterbuck. You you did <gasps> you did you did pick the wrong CC. Fourth line. I did pick the wrong CC. As I was in the middle of saying Clutterbuck, I was like, uh oh, it's definitely Rosh Donson. But I'm glad I stuck to my guns. That's good. That's good. Damn. I could I could have won that had I picked the correct dude. I could have won that had I picked the correct dude. You're not special. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> 
that's funny how that works out these days in this game. <laughs> guess who? Wow. Yeah. All right. Let us. What a, what a sparkling insight I just gave. Okay. Um, All right. I have my Last player. round. Yeah. Me too. Muting incoming audio in three, two, one. Oliver Wallstrom. And I'm back. All right. I'm muting the audio in three, two, one. My player is Brock Nelson. All right. I'm back. Okay. Now. Okay. It's all it's, right. It's okay. Is, I don't know. This doesn't happen often. This doesn't happen often where we have a tie tie and it's like all for all the marbles. It doesn't not happen very often. Um, and I think I'm going to split uh, this opening question by age. Is your okay. player 29 or younger? Such a fucking high cutoff. I thought it's an insane median. <laughs> Twenty nine. <laughs> uh yes, 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 yes. They are younger than twenty nine. Okay. Fair. Uh, All right. All right. Thirteen. Not ideal. Okay, I'm going back to the to the to the acquisition. Well, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, was your player acquired by draft? Via draft. Yes, my player was acquired by and via draft. Okay. There's like, I realize they're like, man, it's really like Lula and Morello chasing these old guys because there are three dudes who were previously drafted by the Islanders and then signed. Like, <laughs> they came back. Um, like, oh, well, well, maybe not Scarab, but like, yeah. I, I think, like, it says, like, Anders Lee and Sezikis and stuff were, like, acquired. Those were, like, they were on the Islanders. Then the contract expired like on July first, and they were signed like that day or a couple days later. So it's not like they really uh, left okay. and came back. I see. I think the only one that kind of is true for is like Matt Martin because you know left the Leafs and then drew straight right. back to the Islanders. Yes, yes. Like yes. Chara, but yeah, that checks out. Okay, all right. But those are technically signed under these, under this system because yes. I took my data straight from Cap Friendly. Okay, so it was a draft dude. That's good to know. All right, go ahead. All right, does your player? Shoot left. Shoot or catch left. No. That is not the case. All right. I'm down to seven righties. <laughs> I guess that's how it works. Uh, is your player Canadian? I keep forgetting who my player is. Um, <laughs> no, my player is not Canadian. Okay. All right. Cool. There's not Canadian. Now I have to ask a question, don't I? Yeah. All right. I've got... Okay. I'm feeling okay because there's a decent amount of players here who I'm like, oh, I don't want to guess you. Um, okay. So that's a that's a help, I think. What if I sort by number? How does that look? Uh, hmm. No, not loving that one. What if I sort by first name? Mm, okay, yeah, this will do. This will do, I think. Uh, is your player's first name start with a letter from A to M? No. Okay. Ooh, I'm okay. I'm at four. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh, it's kind of, it's kind of gnarly. Uh, 
for no reason. Yeah. Um, uh, it was the, uh, and it was the split the the split I didn't want. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm, I'm trying to figure out where how I'm trying to sort my players. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go. Was your player drafted by the Islanders in 2014 or earlier? Yes, my player was drafted by the Islanders in 2014 or earlier. Okay, that leaves me with a Ilya Sorokin, Scott Mayfield, and Brock Nelson. Okay. You've got three players left. I've got four players left. You have home guess advantage. Things are not looking good for me. I think... I'm going, it's, I'm gonna, you know, just go for it. I I got, here are my players. I got Noah Dobson, Oliver Wallstrom, Ryan Pollock, and Scott Mayfield. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna guess. I'm just gonna take a, take a big swing. Go for it. I'm just not sure which player I'm gonna pick. (laughs) (laughs) I have two. There there are two I'm flip-flopping between. Um, All right. I've made my selection. Is your player Scott Mayfield? No, it's not Scott Mayfield. No! All right. That leaves me with Brock Nelson, Scott Mayfield, or Ilya Sorokin. Let's see if I can pull off the clutch win. Um, hmm. Okay. Well, it seems pretty straightforward to me. You just get Scott Mayfield. I would have picked him. Had you not just guessed him, but maybe that's maybe that's your sick, sick way of trying to get it, Scott. Maybe, I don't know, but Ilya Sorokin's a goalie, so I think it's worth taking the forward. Is your player Brock Nelson? Yeah, it's Brock Nelson. Ah, let's I go. Let's I go. That one. I blew that one. Here's what. Okay, want to know what I was thinking? Want to know what I was thinking? Please. Wait. First of all, is your player Oliver Wallstrom? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, that was the other one. That was the other one I wanted to make. Okay, honestly. I probably would have gone with Wallstrom if you didn't have Mayfield in your final three, which is like the exact <laughs> wrong. It was the exact wrong way to think about it. But in my head, I was like, "Oh, maybe he purposely saved Mayfield for the end because it's his player, and he's always going to avoid that one." That's what that's what I was thinking. Wow, wow. you know, you know, it's funny though. Um, I actually tried to save Oliver Wallstrom until the very end. Like and when he was in he was in my bot he was in my top six right and then just the final split cut him out um and it failed <laughs> wow wow this guy tried the galaxy galaxy brain and it almost worked you almost like you were you had what I was thinking but <laughs> I failed to do the thing that I wanted to do I should have um, I should have considered that if I missed you were definitely going to win like so. As soon as I, as soon as it wasn't Mayfield, I was like, "Oh, he's obviously not going to guess Mayfield now." Right? Yeah. That there, there's that. Um, had you not picked Mayfield, I would pick Mayfield. So that's that. And also, as soon as I l- listed my three players, like before you made your guess, I was like, "Shit, I should have tried to not say my players," because if he has Scott Mayfield, I don't want him to rule out Scott Mayfield and take Oliver Wallstrom. But alas, right. uh huh. Yeah, this is extremely convoluted <laughs> and the moral of the story basically what it comes down to is i messed up yes you did on many levels but mostly because you but you know there. here's the thing if your player was scott mayfield then i wouldn't have messed up so i really just 
All that happened was I took a guess and it was the wrong one. That's all there is to it. What, what was else the reason? Is what was the, how did you get to the 4-2 split that worked out so poorly? Oh, it, was, it wasn't a 4-2 split. It was a 4-3 split. Oh, um, oh you just kept getting boned yeah. after every round. <laughs> yeah, every every round it left me with like the one extra. I ended up 25 cut into 13, 13 into 7, 7 into 4. Brutal. We're the, literally the worst case scenario every time. Yes, indeed. So, okay. Well, chalk that one up for me. Um, wow, I I really thought you were onto something. I thought you were after my ass in this in this guess who long term record, but turns out in. my winning streak ends at one. <laughs> no, I feel like we've had this conversation. It's a one game, <laughs> winning streak and winning streak. Um, yeah, and it's like that's, the tide is turning. Nope, it's not. Sorry. So there are six teams left now, and I'm up by five games. So I'm about to clinch this series. Hopefully. No, I'm going to win all the rest of them. It's all six. He's going to go six for six. He's going to Uh, win the whole thing. All right. Time to wrap up this lengthy episode. This is what happens when you do a standings checkup, I guess. Thanks for listening, everyone, to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Oh, time to pick a team. What are we thinking? All right, so teams, hmm, we can go St. Louis. We haven't looked at them yet. Uh, LA sure. is another playoff team. Okay, St. Louis. <laughs> let's yeah. do the Blues. Okay, yeah. let's do it. What's their schedule like? I don't know. All right, Tuesday they play Boston. Thursday, oh, yeah, we got to watch the Sabres again. And, you have to watch Owen Power. Uh, you have to put it like that. You got to put it on the bright side. Oh, yeah, Thursday we get to watch Owen Power. And then Saturday, playoff preview, they're playing the Wild. In the wow, afternoon, we, actually. You know, that's, that's, that's three days before we go and watch the Wild on the 19th. So It sure free, is. We are going to that game at us. the Bell Center. That's right. So it's, a, uh-huh. it's a wild preview. You'll have to see it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It'll be wild. Thanks for listening. As I already said, Instagram, Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Twitter, at Alex's New Handle, at Ty Safe The end.